a very warm welcome to this Mastering the Game of Life podcast with your host, Paul Lowe. Paul offers wisdom, insights and tips for living a healthy, meaningful, purposeful life. On the back of overcoming extreme adversity, Paul has a proven track record of achieving life-enhancing results. He offers empowering advice and guidance to help people develop a mindset for success so that they can live with more happiness and prosperity. Through his Mastering the Game of Life podcast and books, Paul also helps people to get their own inspirational messages and powerful stories out into the world, as well as being involved in supporting many charitable organisations in their development, fundraising and projects. Hello listeners and welcome to this Mastering the Game of Life podcast episode. Today I'm joined by a lady from Atlanta, Georgia, United States of America, a lady by the name of Adele Wang. Adele, an extremely warm welcome to you. Hi, great to be here. So you describe yourself, Adele, as a mentor, speaker, author and a certified energy healer. Well, I think the first three, if I can be allowed to call them labels, and our regular listeners will, will know my um, my comments, my thoughts around labels. But the last one, the title, Certified Energy Healer. What does that mean, Adele? Yeah, well, and, you know, I struggled with depression and some health issues earlier on and nothing was working. And um, I sought out some um, natural healing methods. And one of them is energy medicine, which is a type of um, therapeutic, uh, you know, working with the body's energy. And uh, it helped me. And uh, the person I was studying with said I would be very good at it. I had a natural aptitude for it. So it's really where I started in my journey in working with people with stress and overwhelm because they would present with um, all sorts of conditions. These were high level managers, executives, leaders dealing with, you know, ulcers, high blood pressure, depression, migraines, and they didn't want to take meds. And so uh, I started doing this type of work and it worked wonders and nobody wants to take medication if they don't need to. And that led into a, a deep study of how and why we're where we're at in the world in terms of stress and overwhelm. And um, I was seeing it in the corporate leadership world. and I just started talking with them. I was very curious about what was going on inside of people because by the time they showed up for work with me on the table with ulcers or whatever, by then it had already been going on for quite some time. So um, that led me into an even deeper exploration of like the dance of life, what's happening in our world, what's happening to people spiritually, internally in their relationships and um, I said, wow, this is, this is really exciting. This is deep and very rich. And I wasn't really thinking of like conventional therapy. I was more interested in people's inner journey towards back to who they were before the craziness started so that their health would heal, their relationships would improve. And it wasn't so, um, you know, specific on, oh, I can, I'm going to work on this one little thing. When energy moves, your entire water level of your, love, your, of your life, all boats are raised with the tide. And so I was getting phenomenal results. 
and people started going, what are you doing? And um, I just said, well, I don't have a word for it, but it definitely is helping people lead better lives and translating into better relationships with their families, their employees. They'd make more money without working harder. They'd get promoted without working harder. Just by getting it back to the sense of who they were. I always say, who were you before the craziness? And everybody mm. laughs. Yeah. Okay. Um, I just want to come in, Adele, on something I picked on your upon your safe haven, safehavenhealing.net website. And I quote, I help smart, intuitive, perfectionist women create happiness and success in an imperfect world. So do you only work with women? Because you said people a lot there. Yes, yes. I would say these days, I would say about 60 to 70% women, but I have about 30% men. Often these are men who they're very, they're at the top of their game and they know it's not sustainable. There's a sense that they've already maxed out everything they know how to do. They're working billions of hours and sometimes they were recommended or I was referred to them by somebody, sometimes a woman, sometimes their wife. I get a lot of people who I start working with um, a woman and she starts bringing in her husband. That's very common or referrals amongst executives because everyone is looking for um, a better way, not a harder or more work way, but I, I'd like to live a better life while I do this. Mm. And yeah, at, when you're at the top of the game, it's lonely. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I, I mean, would. I would. You know, absolutely. Leadership, it can be an extremely lonely place. Yeah. And what you're, what you're saying there, Adele, I've got a saying for that. Let the ball do the work. So when we use the metaphor of the game of life, we can either run up and down that metaphoric field all day long and get nowhere, or mm-hmm. we can use... We can use our wisdom and our experience, our support. You know, we can learn to ask questions. And I say learn to ask questions because isn't it true, Adele, that our friend, the ego, he or she, that is responsible for so many blockages. But I just want to home in on this word perfectionist. I love what you've put. I help smart, intuitive, perfectionist women. There's one word, Adele, in there I have a bit of a challenge with, and that word is perfectionist. Tell me yeah. your thought. Tell me your thoughts around that, if you will. Yes, because most of the folks that I work with really want things to go well for themselves, for the world. I mean, these are people who care deeply, and they may not even identify with being a perfectionist until someone asks them. And, you know, it's that corny interview joke when some, the interviewer asks you, what's your biggest fault? You're supposed to say, oh, I'm a perfectionist. But mm. really, because that's supposed to sort of give you kudos and hint that you're going to work your butt off and, you know, leave no stone unturned. But wow, there is an incredibly high price to pay mm. for living that way. And I'm, you know, I, I really take a stand for people getting out of the trap of being a perfectionist. It means you want things to go well. You have high aspirations in your mind. You have the ideal of how you would love things to go and you, you know, how you would do in your work, how your relationships should be, how you should be as this humanoid. Oh, I should be more this. I'm working on that. A lot of my clients 
it's as if their whole life has become one big self-improvement project. You know, it's like, I'm working on this. I'm reading this self-help book. I'm trying to be more this. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. That's the, that's the gift of the perfectionist energy is that it, 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 it inspires us to continually um, seek new ideas or new ways of doing things. Is there something that we could all do better in something? Well, sure. Um, but there is a shadow side that where I am now is never enough. It's mm. never good enough. And so when I'm in this contrast of how in my mind, in my, you know, I, in my imagination, everything's going fantastic or it should be. And then I look at how things are on the ground. That's when the ego goes, oh my gosh, I'm falling short. This mm. is not how I know things could be. You know, I'm a rock star in my own bedroom in terms of how things are out there. And then I'm dealing with me, myself, and I with my staff in the meeting or with my family or with my beloved or, or by myself when I'm at home after a hard day's work and I'm not, too, I'm not feeling too groovy here. And all the gremlins of me, myself, and I of how I've fallen short. If I could just be more X, then I am convinced that the promised land would be here. I would be happier. I would be more loved. I would be more, you know, and that, oh my gosh, it's torturous. So that's why, you know, and the funny thing is a lot of perfectionists don't identify with them. They, they say, no, no, no. And, I'm like, I, and I kid them. I said, does that mean you're an imperfect perfectionist? And they laugh. Like, you can't even be a perfect perfectionist, you know? And they, we, we have a good giggle about it because, you know, people want to live up to whatever their name or title is. So I, I tell everybody, hey, listeners, uh, just give it up. You're not even a perfect perfectionist. And that's awesome. There's a way out of this box. That mm. In this dance of life, you were not brought down here to be perfect. You were brought down here to be yourself. And on that note of box, Adele, um, I've made a note, I smiled because you said it about three, uh, maybe four times. The dreaded S word, should. Yeah. And what, what I do with clients, listeners, is I've got a should swear box so when we're working oh. together and should when they're what i call shudding all over themselves should have done this should have done that okay we'll have a euro in the box for charity and it's amazing at the end of say a 12-month mentorship how much money's in that box just through that simple one word should i should have i should have and just going back to the perfectionist um aspect adele there's a friend and colleague of mine who wrote a best-selling book called Start Now, Get Perfect Later, Rob Moore, based in the UK, Peterborough, England. And my take upon that was, I'd like to change the title, Rob. And he said, what to? And I said, start now, don't get perfect, because it's, it's like a dog chasing its tail. It goes round and round and round. You know, what is perfection? It's so subjective and I know from personal experience, through my own insecurity, listeners, you know, I craved certainty. And I thought, oh, okay, if I can get everything perfect, what better form of certainty is there than that? And yeah. it is beyond like a dog chasing its tail because you just drive yourself crazy. So there's this whole kind oh. of, 
you know, I see the vision in the future and I'm not going to analyse and counter-analyse every single little step, oh, and this and oh, and that, because it just, just drives you crazy. Any thoughts on that, Adele? I'm sorry? Any thoughts on that? Yes, yes. I was just absorbing what you were saying. And gosh, I can totally relate personally. I was thinking of clients because I work with clients that, like I said, they, they are high performers. And this one thing can just drive everyone crazy. And the first thing I tell everybody is, <laughs> this sounds funny, but if they, tr if they go into, I shouldn't should myself, you know, like, oh, I should not should myself. Then it, it, it becomes even more um, crazy making because they mm. know they shouldn't should themselves and they're trying to not, you know. So I'm like, okay, let's go in the back door <laughs> instead mm. of trying to not do something because then all you can think about is that thing. I always encourage people, no resistance, that this energy of should, this energy of perfectionism that now we're, you think, you know, we're, we're, we're trying so hard to banish it from your life. Oh, this is my enemy. This is bad. I'm like, actually, it's just an energy. Mm. You know, the more we try not to be that, the more it just gives us weirdness. So every energy has a virtue. So it's like the colors. Blue is not better than red. They're just different. Yeah. Um, and what we want is we don't want a masterpiece of a life of all blue. That'd be boring because sometimes uh, you need, you really need a speck of perfectionism that, that the energy of perfectionism or should it, it, it has a quality like all these energies have a, a side that drives you crazy. Like the dog chasing its tail, just like you said, you're absolutely right, Paul. And it has something that's useful. So what, when we recognize what is useful about being sh should or a uh, perfectionist, well, there is a part of me that wants things to go well. I aspire to do things better or improve or grow. Awesome. And then we go to the other side of the spectrum. So the opposite of perfectionism might be well, I don't know, sloppiness or laziness. And everybody goes, oh my God, I don't want to be that. Anything but that. And I'm like, wait, 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 hold the phone. You know, before we write off that color as being totally bad, that energy also has something that's really, really useful. What might be a, a, a virtue of being lazy? And this is where all my clients, they, they freak out. Oh, I can't think of anything. I'm like, well, well, if all of these energies came from the divine, all colors, we want you to see life in full color, not just black and white, but green, orange, purple, lavender, shades of. So if you look at all these energies, perfectionism is one. Let's make that red and let's make lazy blue. You know, we don't want it all red and all blue. Sometimes the combination is really, really groovy. And this is when, if, you, if there is a way to be less resistant, like, oh my God, there's my perfectionism again. That's horrible. Or, oh my God, I'm a lazy bum. Instead, it's like, yes, I am both. 
I am both, not in everything, not all the time. And so the value of perfectionism might be this went well, next time I'll do X, Y, and Z a little bit differently. That's, you know, the postmortem on a project, very typical in corporate, that's useful. It doesn't mean you're beating yourself up. You see, the ego would be, well, that's where you fell short. No, it's just saying, well, you know what, what might be, what could I try differently next time without the edge? without the shame. And at the same time, you know, what is useful about being lazy? Well, it might be that I need a break. Instead of working 80 hours a week and never seeing my family and being miserable because I'm, I'm shooting myself, maybe I need a Saturday afternoon all to myself and just read a book. I'm going to be lazy. And this is where a lot of perfectionists struggle. I can't do that. I can't relax. I feel guilty. And da, 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 da. I'm like, okay, so I have some practices that help people be able to absorb this critical um, dance of life energy. You need this. It has to be in your toolkit because if it's not, you will not be very happy. You just, it, you know, it, you just won't have a life of enjoyment. What is the point of being here? Right. Mm, And mm. so this is deep spiritual lifting into the dance of life. The, 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 the walk of life is to be able to embrace all of these energies without cringing from one or clinging to another or, or even I shouldn't should. Well, that's great. That's wonderful. And what if you are shooting? It's all right. All right. And once people can let go of the shame of shooting, like, oh my God, there I went, I did it again. I'm like, oh, that's fine. They can relax a little bit. No resistance to shooting, no resistance to not shooting, no resistance to perfectionism, no resistance to sloppiness. And when I work with clients, they usually start cringing at this point. They cannot believe that some of these qualities, it's usually the ones that are judged lazy, greedy, arrogant, victim. They're like, oh no, I am not that. I am not that. I am not that. I'm like, wow, you know, everyone has these colors. It's like you're, you're born seeing every shade of color and it's, it's, it's there by divine guidance. You don't have to be those all the time, but even arrogance has a useful side to it. So does humble. So does humility. They're just energies. So and when so when yeah. you mentioned two colours there, Adele, red mm-hmm. and blue. This is my creative mind working as you as I'm listening to you speak, and yeah. listeners lis, listeners will be used to. This. So I'm thinking red and blue, and, my, and personally, my favourite colour is purple. What do you get when you put red and blue together? You get purple. For me. And this is metaphorically nicely fitting in with this balance, this whole balance thing of dancing in life. Because to yeah. dance effectively, we need balance in life. But and, this, and, sorry, yes. there's, there's, yeah, something, and, there's something beyond that, Adele, is there not? Because irrespective of whether we're coming down or not, as the case may be, whether we're pro and con for a simplistic sort of polarization on, you know, what's good, you know, the judgment, as you allude to. Um, there's this whole kind of thing is actually when you strip everything right back 
and listeners know what I'm going to say here. I know they do because I have said it a zillion times going back to the very, very first podcast we did of mastering the game of life is as simple as A, B, C. And the A is what I'm referring to here, Adele, with that word awareness. So, you know, when we are trapped in our human ego, which surprise, surprise, as human beings, it happens. And that's fine. So long as we've got the awareness, you know, when I'm having a bit of fun with my mentees or clients generally around, okay, well, give us a euro then for the charity for, you know, for children in the hospital or whatever it may be. It's a bit of fun, but it keeps in, it keeps in consciousness this, do you know what, guys? It ain't that important when it really comes down to it. And that's the kind of the undertone, Adele, that I try and get across. Cause, and, and that, you know, I mean, you've, you've framed it a slightly different way. But we've come to the same conclusion that, boy, do we give ourselves hard times over relatively meaningless things. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. And I'm also encouraging everybody who is, is moving in this direction. I mean, this is bleeding edge, you know, of, of, of emerging more into the, the, the dance of your life. When we talk about balance, usually what happens is people take hot water and cold water and they blend it together and end up with lukewarm. So I am more interested in giving people access to all temperatures. So for example, um, a lot of times people feel like I'm thinking of my corporate clients. I was just talking to a client the other day who felt like she felt, and this affects women a little bit more than men. She felt like she had achieved a certain level of success and to ask for more would be a little bit too much that, you know, it's like there's this zero sum game and uh, she felt almost guilty for wanting the more. Um, she said, you know, I, I want things to be balanced, but in her mind, it was as if, if you have too much joy, something bad could happen, you know? And so she was deliberately not going for the next level because she felt like it's like a finite universe. I should be thankful and grateful for what I have. You know, many people feel this constant, um, emphasis to be grateful, which is wonderful. And you also want more. One does not negate the other. What happens is uh, in, the, in, mean, in talking about balance, people go, I am so blessed with what I have. I really don't feel like I should want more. You know, I should be quite satisfied with what I have, and, which is fine. But then I'll ask them, well, how do you feel? You know, and I'm going into the, because I see people's energy fields and I'm looking at the color of the aura and all this stuff. And the energy comes back like, yeah. And Paul, you can feel into that. Yeah. Like there's no juice. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. they secretly do want something more. We are meant to expand. It doesn't always need more money. It could be, I want more fulfillment. I want more connection with people. I want whatever. Mm. Everyone always has a growth edge. If you don't have a growth edge and you're merely content, it sort of sets the stage for like a low level depression after a while because there's no spark coming in. So people confuse the more that like, that I'm not grateful 
for my health and my family? I said, no, not at all. You, it's both. A life that's well-balanced needs to have both. So when I talk about balance, I'm not talking about just blending everything into sort of a lukewarm concoction. I want full-bodied, and full-bodied means passion. Full-bodied means exhilaration, risk, boredom, frustration, sadness, connection. I'm not interested in you blending everything into this, this box, you know, because eventually you will feel a little bit dissatisfied. And so that's why I love this show. You know, we're talking about something that it's hard to put into words, you know, Paul, but people can feel into it, whether it's I'm expanding into a new level of leadership, you know, maybe up to now I've done this command and control uh, corporate uh, structure and I just get the feeling, oh, you know, we're, we're going to need to do something different, but I don't know how. And that means I need to look in within myself. I know a lot of the corporate leaders I'm working with are having to really sit with themselves, you know, because on the one hand, they are intrigued with a, a, a more empowered workforce. They've read about how, you know, pushing decisions down. But on the other hand, oh my gosh, there's a lot of fear should I do that? I don't know. What will people think of me? And that's a very lonely place to be when you're trying to do this by yourself. Wouldn't you agree, Paul? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That's why, yeah. That's why programs like this, folks, are so useful. What Paul's doing is so useful. Um, you may not have people around you who you can maybe open up fully yet. And I'm always putting the word yet out there because if you really want it, you will find it. And so maybe the starting point is good resources like this, but because on some level, your managers are feeling this way too. And then the level underneath that is feeling the same way. This feeling that I should know better. I should be able to control everything that happens. I should do this. I should do that. And oh my gosh, the stress, you know, this command control corporate structure is layers of shoulding. Mm. instead of uh, more of a dance. Now, Paul, I, you know, we were talking before the program, this dance of energy, that's harder for people to, to trust at first because by definition, we don't know, right? We really don't know. And corporate, re- corporate uh, right now rewards knowing. Wouldn't you agree? Like you, you, you have to have a certain certainty and prove it and and up to you know we we don't know everything there are some things we know but there also has to be a growth edge for the expansion of what we don't know what what i want to bring in now adele because i mean what's happening here listeners i mean adele and i are i mean i'm not a dancer so i probably (laughs) shouldn't use this shouldn't paul where did you how did you get that word from boy where did you get that word from um hey paul paul if i could interrupt you're 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 cutting out a little bit i think your mic is there's a little bit of an echo so okay yeah yeah i just thought i'd let you know yeah Right. So this dance of life, Adele, that you've referred to, this this rich dance of life, I want to start to bring things towards a close now, if I may, by asking you one simple question. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's in line with the um, the new Mastering the Game of Life book that's going to be published very soon, very, very, very soon, 20 global co-authors. And it's this, Adele. So we've had this rich, this rich conversation where we've been all over the dance floor. And as I say, from probably not the best of metaphors for me, listeners, because I don't know the first thing about dancing, but I'm going to use it and I'm going to creatively explore it to say and ask Adele this question. Adele, what does mastering the game of life mean to you personally? Mastering the game of life ultimately is when you are so connected with who you are, what you're meant to do here, not in terms of a job, but there's a, there's a clarity that comes in with every decision that you, there's an inner knowing, and it's not really from the mind. There's a, there's a clarity in your body, down in your gut. It, it can be as simple as, what do you want for dinner? Or should I take this interview? Or should I go on a second date with this person? That there's a clarity, not so much of the answer, like, oh my gosh, this person, I'm going to end up marrying them or anything like that. But just the next step, where mm-hmm. is the exhilaration? Where is the joy? Where is the pleasure? You know, if, if we even struggle with what do I want for dinner? You know, what do I really desire? Like my, 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 my dancing with myself, even when there's nobody around, I'm on the dance floor and I don't know if I want to do the cha-cha or the waltz or like, and just having a moment to ask myself, what would I really enjoy? Right? That's the dance of me, myself and I in the moment, you know, or what would really light me up on this Saturday morning? when I don't have plans, do I want to do this? Do I want to do that? Should I do this? Oh, this person wants me to do that. And how might I negotiate? What feels good to me? It's not always a binary choice. Sometimes we're being asked for creating, it's like making a a stew. You know, you've got potatoes and some beef in there, onions and, and even though there's some general idea of how to make a stew, you're making your own stew. And sometimes you just need a little bit more white pepper over here or a little bit more paprika over there. And boom, that, that blend is what was right today. And there's a little bit more of a, an evocative dance. It's, it's a sensual process, more than a mental one. And this is where I feel like mastering the game of life needs to move into. There has to be a little bit more emphasis or a lot more emphasis, really, if you work with me on the sensuality of like, where do you feel in your body a certain, oh my gosh, that would be awesome. And not, that'd be cool. You know, one comes from the mind and that's our culture. That's, you know, shiny object. I'll try this. I'll try that. Oh, that sounds good. Oh, and all you end up with is a day full of shiny distractions. And none of them really sat long enough to feed the soul. So this dance on the dance floor, like what we're talking about, is more, it, it's more one of essence. It's not so much of form. And so, yeah, I think Nikola Tesla said, you know, this next decade or, you know, the world changers, the game of life, we must start embracing more the role of energy. 
you know, I'm an energy medicine healer. That's how I started, but not just the energy of the body, but desire has an energy. Excitement has an energy. Grief has an energy. It's not only cognitive thinking about what your thoughts are saying or clearing a negative belief. I'm all for belief work. The problem is it takes a lot of work and you're never done. So for all of your listeners, I'm, I totally support belief work. And if you add in energy, your belief work will move easier. It'll be, it'll be easier to stop this constant self beating up of yourself, you know, no resistance. If that's where you're at, that's where you're at is totally fine. Doesn't say anything about where you'll be five minutes from now. But if you're, that's, if that's where you're at, that's where you're at. And then we can go, Oh, well, maybe I'll try doing this instead, you know, instead of that, Oh, there I go again, the shooting of, I shouldn't even should myself. If that makes sense. So the mastery, mastering the game of life is more back into the essence of you before all this stuff happened. Where do you dance? How do you dance from moment to moment? Who do you like to dance with? What do you enjoy doing? You know, your livelihood can be more of a dance instead of, okay, I live for 5, 5 p.m. and then my life starts. You're dancing at every moment. So the more people can be aware of mastering the game of life is mastering me, myself, and I, and my essence. And this is not something that you just flip a switch onto the, you know, the microwave oven and poof, you're done. It takes a certain commitment. Like, I really want to do this because I know when I do this, I'll be a happier humanoid. I'll have a better marriage. I'll probably make more money or my company will be just... It's, it's going to be a worthwhile place, a worthwhile endeavor. You know, why am I doing this? All these questions. I encourage the audience to be curious about there's so much more possible for you. You have to decide. You have to make a decision like this is important to me. It doesn't just happen. It, you know, a lot of the world, there's a feeling of it. Well, I'll just, it'll just sort of happen. You know, someday one day, or maybe it all end up this way. It, it's, you have to be intentional. I want to master the game of life. And just by making that decision, making that commitment, uh, cool podcasts start showing up, a book will fall off the shelf that catches your eye, more people that are more on your wavelength start showing up because you asked. Your dance already changed when you said, I want to dance this, this dance of life instead of just this constant whatever. A lot of the world right now is still a little bit unconscious. They're a little bit, well, whatever, you know, nothing wrong with that. But, you know, I think people who want to master the game of life have a different vision. And so resources start showing up. You know, these are the folks that I work with all day long. I enjoy it because they are so committed. So that's kind of a long roundabout answer, but that's what... That's what I think the mastering the game of life means okay. to me. Okay. So, listeners, there we have it. Adele Wang from Atlanta, Georgia, United States of America. Before you, before we close, Adele, I just want to ask you what your contact details are. How can people find out more about you, reach out to you? Yeah. yeah you know, I'm pretty easy to reach. I like to be very informal about this. If you're a woman and you want to master more the feminine dance of life, 
I have um, um, spark your feminine presence. It's a it's a bunch of work around the dance, especially for women. For men, I do something slightly different. But if you go to AdeleWang.com, A-D-E-L-E-W-A-N-G.com, there's information about the Spark Your Feminine. Um, if you're someone who's you're tired of trying to do this by yourself with a self-help book or you're feeling very isolated trying to figure yourself out, I'm just going to suggest that that is part of the problem. Trying to do this by yourself is very difficult. It's slow. It's hard. Because... Trying to uh, understand yourself requires a dance to your point, Paul. You got to dance with someone to find your own dance moves. You know, it's, it, you're not meant to just sort of figure yourself out alone. It, it, it's reflected in a dance with another humanoid. So if you go to my website, safehavenhealing.net, um, you can book a conversation with me. I have no idea if I can help you. I have no idea. Um, I always like to talk to people first and just hear what's going on. If I don't think I can help you, I may refer you. I know quite a few very good people I can refer you to who I think could be a good match. If I do think we can, if I can, can help you, I'll ask a bunch of questions and we'll just to make sure I get a sense of what's going on and propose a way that could work. Um, I also encourage people, um, you can send me a text to 66866. Um, and that is also a way to get some notes from me around this dance. Um, I think the one that I'm sending out right now is more for women, but men can read it too. It's, it's the way your energy moves in your body, that your, your personal growth, your spiritual growth, it's got to be anchored also in your body because you need your body when you talk to people or when you're up on the podium addressing a the board, or you're in front of a client selling something. Sometimes people do all their personal and spiritual development work outside, like it's sort of, you know, outside on the patio somewhere, and their body's over here inside. I'm like, no, they need to be combined so that speaking to people becomes part of mastering the game of life. Making an offer, or sitting with your kids, or going to yoga, these are all parts of the game of life. You don't need to separate them out so much. So if you want, you can text my name, A-D-E-L-E, -E, to number 66866, and I'll send you some notes. So, and I'm all over, you know, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. I've got a bunch of stuff on YouTube. Um, you know, I've got a, a SoundCloud with some clips of interviews. I've got um, a blog out there. I'm, I'm pretty easy to find. So listeners, there we have it. All that remains now is to close this very energetic, dance-focused podcast episode with yes. Adele Wang by saying, remember, mastering the game of life starts by embracing our hearts. Thanks very much for listening to this Mastering the Game of Life podcast episode. If you found it interesting and helpful, drop a line to Paul via paul at paul-low.com with any thoughts or questions you may have, he'd love to hear from you and he'd be more than happy to respond. Alternatively, check out Paul's website at www.paul-low.com. Remember, mastering the game of life starts by embracing our hearts. 